0: Welcome to Preaching and Preachers, a weekly podcast devoted to those who preach and to the task of preaching itself. I'm your host, Jason Allen, president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Today, I want to welcome Dr. Jeremy Kimball to the podcast. Dr. Kimball serves as assistant professor of theological studies at Cedarville University. He's authored many books, including Invitation to Biblical Theology, 40 Questions About Church Membership and Discipline, and more recently, How Can I Get More Out of My Bible Reading? Dr. Kimball, welcome to Preaching and Preachers.
1: Thanks so much. Pleasure to be on here.
0: Yeah. Hey, thank you for making time. And uh, as I was saying before we began recording, I appreciate your work and your ministry there at Cedarville. We have many, many mutual friends, many dear friends there at Cedarville and many mutual friends beyond Cedarville. So it's a delight today to um, to have this conversation with you. We're going to be talking about the pastor and his daily Bible study. Uh, the pastor and his daily Bible study. And, uh, and Jeremy, most of our listeners are seminary students, local church ministers, pastors. So to speak to pastors uh, is to speak um, to virtually everyone listening. They either are pastoring or are preparing to pastor or have pastored. There's some connection to pastoral ministry, so I pray the conversation will be, will be fruitful indeed. Hey, before we get to that, why don't you give us a few words of update on, uh, on your family and on your ministry, and uh, perhaps a word or two about any forthcoming ministry or writing projects you have as well.
1: Sure. Yeah. So Rachel and I will celebrate 20 years of marriage this August. So that's an amazing, uh, incredible thing to enjoy with her. We have two kids. Hannah is uh, 15, Jonathan's 12, and they are very active doing a lot of things. And it's been a good season. God been very gracious to our family and very kind in that way. I get a chance to teach uh, undergraduate and graduate students here at Cedarville. And it's an amazing thing to teach both those who are going to a variety of fields of vocation as well as those going to vocational ministry. And uh, a great joy to mentor a lot of young men as well along with that. And then I get to serve as an adult Bible teacher at my church, Grace Baptist Church in town here at Cedarville. And uh, I get to preach at our church and preach at a number of churches and, and conferences and camps at various points as well. So uh, it's busy, but it has been very, very good in that regard.
0: Good for you. Now the the little booklet in hand here that I'm holding, I believe, said came out in 21. Uh, do you have any any current writing projects or any forthcoming forthcoming books that are they're that scheduled to be out?
1: I should say actually, with that, thanks for the reminder. I I recognize uh, with that 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 question there. I just submitted a manuscript. It was last night, I think it was very recently uh, for a book called Beholding and Becoming. In many ways, is Uh, an enlargement of this smaller booklet that we're going to talk about today, trying to think through the idea of beholding God in His Word so as to become like Him. But the second half of that book is very much then dedicated to, if the, the Scriptures are powerful and transformative in nature, what does that then mean for ministry itself in terms of preaching and teaching and discipleship and counseling and conversations around hospitality? How would it then lead us toward the use of the word of God in those kinds of venues? So trying to write a book that was thinking through the theology of scripture in terms of its efficacy, its power, and then how that would really lead toward its actual use in ministry at all levels of a local church.
0: Mm, good for you. I look forward to seeing that. Uh, do, you know, do you know when it'll be out? I, I don't. I'm guessing probably next spring. Very good. Well, listen, let's, uh, let's focus the conversation on the pastor and his daily Bible study. And again, we're not speaking uh, absolutely and exclusively from, from this book, How Can I Get More Out of My Bible Reading? But we're going to reference sure. it, and feel free to even reference uh, your, your forthcoming book as well and anything else that helps to illuminate the conversation. So I, I guess I would say not just this book, but uh, the one that's coming and your general interest in this topic. Uh, give us a sense as to what has moved you in this direction.
1: Yeah, so the, the the booklet that we're talking about here as well, uh, really, I begin that that writing with what's very typical of my life is college students and talking to them about the Word of God and its importance and its transformative nature. And I have said in numerous classes something like, hey, I, I think many of you may have experienced the idea of a, a renewed vigor for a Bible reading plan to read the Bible through in one year, and you find a plan to go through, uh, you know, from beginning to end and you start in Genesis and it's off to a great start because it's really compelling. It's an amazing narrative. And then you get to Exodus and you think, well, well half of that was interesting and half of that was just different. And okay, that's, that's a little more difficult to get my head around. And then you get to Leviticus and, and classes always laugh at this point because they, they've been on that journey before. I've talked to church members as well who've been in the same kind of journey, who just stall out, it seems, in their their time in the Word. And so one thing I want to try to encourage is to say, okay, the the Word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. It's profitable in so many ways, as it talks about. And so with that being the case, we want to get people studying the Bible and, and not just studying dutifully, but studying delightfully. And if that's the case, then we're going to see change at a number of levels in the church and in the world. And so part of my motivation there is to say, I hear the same narrative a lot. I want to help give some resource that would encourage and give guidance for what it looks like to get into the Bible and be consistent in that way.
0: So with your book and, uh, again, your broader work in this area, what are you hoping to accomplish? The big
1: goal, I think, is to be able to say someone— First of all, even the size of this book would actually read the book, which is a great thing. This, this series is a great series with nine marks, a very readable kind of length. So the goal there being, I hope this book accomplishes, number one, readability. They would actually sit down and, and read through the contents that are there. And then secondly, my hope would be to say it's very clear now what I would do in relation to the, the second half of this book is more personal Bible reading. But another big goal I hope for in this book is that the first half talks somewhat uniquely about the fact that the local church should be a a school for how it is we, we read our Bibles. And so thinking through how preaching and teaching and discipling and all the realms of local church life help us actually read our Bibles more effectively. So that's a few goals I hope are accomplished through this book here.
0: So then let let's think about pastoral ministry, local church ministry. Um you interact with ministers a lot, pastors a lot as do I. And uh, and again, you know, we don't have data here at hand, but it does seem as though even pastors often struggle with reading the Bible and and studying the Bible for personal edification, not just for sermon preparation, yep. not, not for lesson preparation, but for personal edification. Uh, give us a sense as to what, you, what you're seeing on that front by way of, by way of concern.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, and there's, there's difference of opinion here. I know people say you can study for your sermons or your lessons devotionally, and, and, and we should, obviously. But I, I try to tell—I used to do a preaching class here at Cedarville. I teach this every spring, and I always tell the guys in that class, before you're a preacher, you're a Christian. And what I mean by that is to say, you can't just do the ministry thing and not feed your own soul as a Christian. So that being the case, I've talked to far too many who seem to be dried up in that way, but are trying to produce sermons, lessons, and all these things. And I think that the most effective kinds of messages that come from a preacher, from a teacher or are going with those that come from a heart that is enamored with God, and and that's going to come from a person who's genuinely communing with the Lord in their time in the Word. So I, I think it is an issue. I think pastors at times need to act to the the fundamentals of what our call is as a Christian, not just a pastor, and let that feed and fuel our pastoral ministry.
0: So. Give us a sense, you know, you kind of alluded to this a moment ago, but uh, how pastors should view personal Bible reading, personal devotional reading, personal Bible study uh, alongside of, as opposed to, in addition to, in place of sermon preparation.
1: Right. And so people are going to say, man, there's there's only so much time in the day, Jeremy. I can only do so much with my time. And I understand that. Uh, But I do think there is absolute definite benefit to being able to say, Hey, we meditate on the Word of God day and night, Psalm 1 says. So there, there's value to us being able to, I think, before we get into our phones and all the stuff that's there in terms of social media, in terms of emails, in terms of texts, to uh, cleanse our minds with the Word of God before we reach for any of those things and be able to then think through our days, maybe biblical perspective. It's good to end our days uh, with time on and meditation in the word. It's good to memorize scripture and to think through those things on a on a daily, hourly basis in that way. That that I think is going to at least in my in my own experience, what I've found is that kind of a a lifestyle approach to the Bible, coupled with, okay, I'm spending whatever a pastor's schedule is, everyone's different, but like, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday on sermon prep and doing these things. What I find many times is in my preaching, I have a manuscript, I have notes that I'm that I'm going to say from the pulpit, but many times what I find is that the the Spirit brings to mind a passage, a verse that actually came from my my devotional reading, not my sermon prep per se. And so I think there's a way in which we can recognize how do I carve out my my time, my days to be able to benefit both a devotional and a more uh, preparatory sort of study, though, again, our prep should be devotional in nature.
0: So speak experientially, autobiographically, as to where you've come over the years, kind of what your current rhythm is, and, uh, and what you've seen God do in your own life.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm a morning guy. And so not, not everyone that will hear this podcast will, will resonate with that and say, I'm, I'm a morning person. A lot of people are not. But for me, I'm an early riser. And so I, I do get up, you know, at, at a time that's that's earlier than most, I think, but I do exercise pretty much first thing in the morning. And then I'm, I'm good in a way to sit down and to read uh, the Bible. And I, I've done, I think in the last 15 or so years, I've read the Bible through every year. I've done different plans to do that. I'm doing one right now that's going really just through from Genesis to Revelation, just straight through. And just trying to do three to four chapters of of a little bit faster reading in that way on the weekdays of my my life. And then the weekends, Saturday and Sunday, I try to slow down and read more meditatively uh, some things in the Word that I'm just trying to work through in that regard as well. So that's the, the morning piece. I'm just trying to get in there. I use the Valley of Vision for prayer time. I use a new book called be down my vision as a, as a way to just guide my prayers biblically really helpful in that regard. Um, and so a couple of resources there that I would, I would utilize in that way. Most evenings, our family's doing some family devotions together that I'm, I'm leading our family through. So we're in Proverbs right now and just, just slowly working through what's there in, in a text and answering questions and going through some catechism things and some. Um, prayer requests on various fronts. And then in the midst of that, I'm prepping for lessons and sermons at, at various points in the day, like other pastors would be. And so that, that's the general rhythm in terms of just the morning and evening for me. And then just trying to recognize in various ways that at certain parts of the day, I prep for a sermon here, a lesson here, and I'm able to, uh, to garner, I think, from my own quiet devotional time, uh, and bring that into my study at various points as well.
0: And so, I mean, I followed what you just said. I, I'm curious if if you ever tailor your personal Bible reading uh, to balance or, you know, to, to, to balance or to complement what you are studying as far as teaching or preaching ministry responsibilities. So in other words, yep. if you're going to be you know, preaching through Ephesians for the next six months and going to be in that in a technical way, are you are you doubling up on your Old Testament reading? You know, to, uh, just yep. I'm curious.
1: No, that's, that's good. So, the weekends are bent more that direction. And so for me, the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I'm trying to think through, oh, for example, I just taught a, a class on Ephesians. And so my weekends for, for a month or two were spent very much meditatively poring over Ephesians. Uh, there are times our, our preaching class here uh, went through Hebrews last semester. And so I spent some time in Hebrews just trying to work through Or would I be assessing of these men as they preached uh, in terms of these textual sections? So I try to use the weekends more in that regard, uh, but I definitely at times, I don't want to be robotic in that way, right? I want to be able to say, you know, this this week, I need to focus in on this book or this section of this book and uh, definitely just go in that direction. I'm a routine guy. And so it's hard for me to break routine sometimes, but I need to because again, the end is not just for me or anybody to accomplish a checklist of, I read that today, but to commune with God and know him more and be impacted by his word and transformed in that way.
0: So speaking to pastors today, listening, perhaps even resonating with, perhaps even feeling convicted about their lack of personal Bible reading, what would you say to them about discipline, about habits, about not just the ought to, but the why?
1: You always want to think through the the why is the the motivating factor, and so we we would say again, think through again. Just Psalm one is a, a text that comes to mind very readily. Blessed is the man right who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor assists to the scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on that law he meditates day and night. So, if you ask anybody in in the Christian life, do you want to be blessed by God? They probably answer, well, yes, I do, and. You want to define what blessing means, obviously, but to say, well, well, blessing comes through delightfully meditating on the word and turning from sin. Um, Joshua 1, this book of the law will not depart from your mouth, right? You will, you will meditate on it day and night. And in that way, he's going to strengthen you and grant you courage to do what you need to do in these ways. So the, the why behind that is to say, I mean, at the end of the day, you get to know God by means of his word. When the Bible speaks, God speaks. And so this is God addressing us as we partake of what's there to see and be satisfied by it. So that, that's the the why behind that. And then to say, you know, I, I always recognize in this, there can be, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm falling short of what I'm hearing or I, I want to do that, but I'm not quite there yet. I'm just encouraged by the fact that um, First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And to say, okay, if you recognize that there's been a lack there, confess that, let's repent of that. And then, as you said, Dr. Allen, thinking through the ways in which we can establish habits. So much of it is, okay, I'm going to tell this friend and this friend and this friend to get some accountability here. I'm going to do this plan starting this day which does not have to be January 1st, by the way, there's this great misnomer about this. So you can start it any day of the year you want to, and get some accountability there to ask you how it's going and and to pursue that. And then even even read together in community for that accountability. Whatever it takes to get you into that habit, into that um, rhythm, I would say go about doing that. Get a plan, know you're gonna read that day, get a place where you're gonna do that, get a time, and just be able to uh, pursue that with that accountability there. And again, the end is not just to say discipline for discipline's sake. It's discipline for the sake of godliness as we delight in the Lord and His Word. Yeah,
0: you know, my mind races back to uh, preaching responsibilities I've had over the years, pastoring churches, serving as interim pastors. And, uh, and, again, just stumbling into, really, the, uh, the, the practical benefit of studying a book, reading a book in the Bible devotionally mm-hmm. that I'm going to preach through. And uh, for me, over the years, often it's went something like this. Okay, in the fall, I'm going to preach through Ephesians, and in the fall, I'm going to preach through Ephesians or begin preaching through Ephesians. And then in the summer, just to read through the book, perhaps, perhaps even sometimes I've done it once a day, you know, six chapters, mm-hmm. uh, that's, not, that's, that's manageable, or at least several times a week. And before you know it, you read through the book, you know, a couple, several dozen times devotionally, and, and you know, you, you are making insights, you are drawing circles around words and drawing lines connecting words. And before you know it, though, this really began as a devotional exercise, um, you've developed a lot of sermon material along the way. What would you say yeah. about the devotional reading, kind of not, not so much intentionally contributing to the sermon prep, but but naturally organically contributing to the sermon prep?
1: I, I think it's absolutely ideal in that uh, it doesn't so far remove your preaching from your devotional communion with the Lord in that reading. So if we look at it as it's a transaction, I go here, I, I, I coldly find this outline, and I fill things in, and then I say this to you. That, that's not ideal what's ideal is that, as you're saying, I've read through Ephesians you know numerous times over the course of a couple of months, and I'm just now I'm seeing what's there to be seen. I can't help but see this. I jot down some insights I've asked some questions that I've answered uh, I'm seeing these repeated themes. My, my heart is taken up by the way in which God saves and the call of the gospel to live in a certain way so that is, I think, an absolutely ideal way to think through reading this devotionally for the sake of this contributing to my preaching ministry. What I would say to that is probably then it's going to require some some forethought and then some time on the front end well before that sermon series, not feel the crunch of I must turn this into a product, but I'm going to enjoy this and mull over this and uh, just take my time in that
0: way as well. Dr. Kim, I appreciate the conversation today so much. And uh, let me just, as we pull this together, let me just kind of give you one final question. Uh, what would it be, I guess, for those, again, those listening, those pastors listening, what would be your final word of encouragement as, as, to, as to actually undertaking intentionality in this regard? And uh, a word of encouragement as to how to get the most out of it.
1: I would say that it is, if someone's hearing this and saying my, my heart doesn't resonate with the kinds of affections I'd want to have toward the Bible to be in this as I should be devotionally for the sake of my ministry. I would simply say, pray, pray that God could work in your heart and your affections, a real sort of joy uh, that would be rooted in him as he's revealed in his word. And, and as you pray, I would say, work out the steps to, discipline yourself for the sake of godliness first timothy four seven and that there's a really potent combination there of um god-given affections that we've prayed for humbly and independently and a kind of again god-given sort of discipline to be able to do these things consistently that really can bring about real transformation real change and real heart growth in you and i would say. Brother, listening to this podcast you you want your people to be able to say to you after your messages man I, I can just sense that you have been with the Lord and and that comes with time and meditation and prayer and really pouring over this until God takes hold of our hearts in a way that is manifest to our people and and then as that as that happens people begin to recognize, man, this book is transforming this guy's life. I should engage here as well and recognize what's going on. And you can see a church full of people who over the course of time and faithful preaching and teaching and uh, affirmation of Bible reading and memorization and meditation are changed into Christ-likeness. And there's nothing more exciting than a ministry that is growing in that
0: kind of a way. Well, amen to that. Dr. Kimball, thank you for your book and uh, for your broader ministry at Cedarville and Beyond and for joining me today on Preaching and Preachers.
1: It's a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time.
0: Thank you for being with us today and for listening to Preaching and Preachers. For more information, go to my website, jasonkallen.com. That's jasonkallen.com.